The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memories of metal church singer Mike Howe, former Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison, and ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a 666, the number of the beast episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 666. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, hopefully you have been spending your last week drinking 665 cups of coffee. So you can have the 666th one right now. True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go there today. Subscribe. But don't just subscribe. You need to pre-order the new special collaboration between True Cult Coffee and Master. That's right. <laughs> Death Rash Band Master partnering up with True Call Coffee for a special release. Pre-orders are open now. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Dear Snowman, I have been drinking 665 beers. This is 666 right now. <laughs> right. Um, I'm hoping that you have had 666 cups of maple syrup or 665 for your 666 right now. And um, a, a little birdie told me we have a special guest that might be on his 665th piece of poutine. Mm, no doubt. Possibly. No doubt. Before, yes, before we go any further to get into our mandatory metal segment, we do have a guest. We have a very special guest that I know we are both super, super stoked for him to uh, come back on for at least uh, one episode. I guess he referred to it as getting the band back together. We want to say hello, horns up, to our good buddy and former co-host, Mr. Rock. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, man, it's going well. I'm on my 665th cup of Diet Coke. Wow, that's that's pretty (laughs) metal. I I assumed that's what Aaron was about to say, and then he pulled out the poutine. Well, because he is is French-Canadian-American. 
Right. Oh, for sure. No, I totally get that. Well, no, no, like it's official. Like in the last year through, through hell, high water and pandemics, rock is now officially an American citizen. Yes, sir. Uh, I feel like we need to play Jimi Hendrix's Star Spangled Banner right now. Like, like when we edit this together. No, 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 no. You have to play, you have to play Star Spangled Banner by Kiss on Kiss Alive 3. (gasps) Yes. Dude, Kiss Alive 3. I've been listening to that one a lot lately. That is so stinking good. <laughs> right on, right on. So, of course, our longtime veteran listeners will remember Rock from, I guess you moved on to Greener Pastures, I guess. two Was it two years ago? It's uh, been three, I think, right? Has it been? 2018 yeah, is when you stepped out. Yeah, yeah, in October. It's going to be uh, yeah. it was October 2018, yeah. Uh, yes, wow. Well, hopefully we still have a number of listeners that will remember your beautiful voice and are going, oh, fuck yeah, it rocks back. So <laughs> how did um, you come about with your American citizenship? Well, you know, just uh, when just before the pandemic hit, I applied for it. And, you know, and you shell out a lot of money and <laughs> and then you apply online and everything. And then literally two weeks later, everything shut down. Ah. Like, oh, crap. What's going to happen with this? You know, so I kept watching the news over the months and then they were saying slowly, ah, oh, things are reopening for, for that kind of stuff. And the ceremonies supposed to they were doing the ceremonies in the car. <laughs> you pulled oh. up your car and they were that's how they you got naturalized. But. By, by March of this year, um, I got a letter and they said, okay, you have an appointment for your interview and your test. So I went in, um, March 9th of this year and did my thing. You know, the uh, I couldn't bring in anybody. They, they said in the letter, don't bring anybody, you know, come by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, get there, do the test. I, I aced the, te- the test, you know, do all that, the interview. And then the uh, the uh, customs agent who I'm talking to says, "Okay, so go back into the li- into the uh, waiting room, and uh, somebody will call you for the ceremony." I'm like, "Whoa, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> normally you do the test, and they they give you your letter that you pass, and then it's a few months later that you go back, and then you can go back with your family and all that, and it's a big big to do." But they said, "I said, I told the I said, well, okay, well, how come?" He said, "Well, with COVID, you know, we're we're expediting things, you know, we're just kind of we're." Because, you know, they had been a year without doing anything, you know. So they uh, they said, yep, you're going to do that. So I got there at 8 a.m. in the morning, and by 10 a.m. I was an American. <laughs> so. Wow. Right on, right on, right nice on. Nice through still... service for you right there. <laughs> Does it get yeah. much more American than than having to do drive through for your citizenship? <laughs> well, I did not have to do that at that point. But still... Just the fact yeah, that they were doing drive through citizenship, like, does it get much yeah. more American? I think <laughs> you know? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, man, you know, when you're, you're standing there and, you know, there was about 15 of us in the room that are you know, all socially distanced and we're all wearing our masks and they give us this packet, you know, and there's a little American flag in it and stuff and all this oh, information, is, <laughs> all this information <laughs> that you're supposed to do, you know, like, uh, you know, to get your passport and stuff like that. And you have to change your status with, uh, the social security office and all that. So there's all these instructions and you're standing there, you're kind of looking through this. And then this lady comes out and, and then, you know, it's just like you see on TV and in movies, you know, you have to rise your right hand and then she recites stuff and then you repeat after her. And dude, I got emotional. I got really emotional. I was like, 
man, this is happening. This is, this is you know, so, and then, this is the this is real. Yeah, it's real. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm renouncing Canada. What what the hell am I doing? Because <laughs> so, technically, you're renouncing your your previous citizenship, and you're you're technically not a citizen anymore of the country you were born in, but. Because of the way America and Canada works, uh, you're still I'm still Canadian. I, so I basically have dual citizenship. So. Mm-hmm. You'll and the only be Canadian. Yes. And the and only by heart, yes. By the only difference between now and, and previously is that now I can actually vote in elections. That's the biggest difference. Uh, I've got news for you. You've probably voted in the last four. You just didn't know it. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. Right on. Right on. Well, that's fantastic. But you have to keep in mind, at least for this episode, our longtime listeners will remember when I used to always rib you about being French Canadian yeah. and I referred to you as a gorf. Yeah, I've been expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which that's frog backwards and frog is Probably not the most politically correct term anymore, but um, yeah, that's what Canadians referred to as as French Canadians. I mean, but if you think fair, of all the ways to like, you know, make a slang towards any group of people, frog for French Canadian is probably one of the least offensive out there. Oh, especially when you say gorf, because I heard that it, my father taught me that expression, and he heard it from a French Canadian politician. I can't remember which 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 one it was now. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, I would vote for him. Pepe Le Pew's from France. Hey, whoa. Oh, I, it was. I had the French part right. Right. I'm halfway there. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, well, Rock. Thank you so much for for taking some time out and joining us. This is absolutely fantastic. We got uh, we got a lot to talk about. Basically. Apart from tonight's creature feature, well, the original idea was for 666. We were just going to kick back, have a couple drinks, and just shoot the shit and play some music. But then I got the call. Hey, Snowy, do you want to talk to Sven from Aborted? And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, of course. So I sat I sat down with him. We got all things going on in their camp. So basically, a creature feature is really going to be the only segment that we get to. The rest is just going to be us kicking back and having a really good time. To get us there, though, like Aaron said, True Cavalt Coffee has this wicked new collaboration with the Mighty Master. And dude, dude, when I saw that, I really, I really marked out. I Paul Speckman is just an amazing guy. We've had him on the show. We'll have him on the show again. And when they announced this, I immediately ran to my computer, hit the pre-order, set it up, and I am now eagerly awaiting my master true cavalt coffee so in this week's mandatory metal segment let's drop a track from the mighty master the latest record vindictive miscreant this is the title track 
You're nothing but a vindictive miscreant! Yeah.
I do, Aaron. Remember? Yeah. Okay. I guess I got to be specific now for at least one episode. I guess Hey Dude isn't really going to cut it, so we have to be we have to be a little more specific here. Okay. You'll remember Aaron a couple years ago now. Okay. When we had this special episode in the back of our minds, and you knew that I had an Iron Maiden number of the Beast mug that I drank my true Cavalt coffee and my lemmies in, and you recommended, hey, you know what you should do? Maybe retire your mug on the show until this day. And I put that little idea in the back of my pea brain, and I did it. And I pulled it out this morning. I had my cup of coffee while watching some old school pro wrestling in it. And now I got some lemmies going in my Iron Maiden number of the Beast mug. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. It was a good idea, dude. That's awesome. Every now and then. <laughs> Every now and then. Every now and then. Yeah, yeah. What I am not stoked about is we kind of had, you know, in the heavy music hard rock and roll scene it has been a rough couple days it's been a rough week man just for for music in general i mean you know the top of the hop here you had to do a dedication for dusty hill is easy top um and for, for anyone who doesn't know zz top has had the same three guys since the beginning 50 years as a band mm-hmm. marriages barely last 50 years and the same three dudes played together, right? And then we lost Joey Jordison and Slipknot and Murder Dolls. And then um, Mike Howe, right? So it's just like, holy crap. Uh, it was just like one after another. Um, but I heard like with with ZZ Top just the other day, like I heard on the, on the radio that they are actually planning on continuing without him. And I... I was stunned like wow. i was I'm like really like I, I thought this was going to be this was the only way this lineup was going to dissolve when one of them died and when they died yeah. zz top was dying i honestly figured they would finish these tours and uh, like tour dates and then call it like that that's that was my prediction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's yes Get some session guy, maybe, or like like Bon Jovi did, you know, when they replaced the bass player. It's just this guy playing in the background, but you know. I I think it's like one of their guitar techs. Okay. Um, because because I was talking with a buddy of mine from work. Um, because ZZ played here a couple years ago, and I didn't go, and I'm obviously kicking myself now mm-hmm. because I almost went. I, cause I I think it was like fifty bucks for like nosebleed seats. Like it it was like ah, do I want to spend that much? And I should have, but um. We were talking about it, and he was saying that apparently uh, Dusty missed a show a couple nights ago, and they had the the guitar tech step in, and okay. then he passed away. So, you yeah. know, and I guess he's he's been having health issues too. So, yeah, but I mean that's an that's an icon. I mean, how mm-hmm. how many bands today, you know, have all the original members? Well, had all yeah. the original members, yeah, right like, for that, wow. for that long. I mean, fifty years with the same three dudes. Like the closest we're gonna to get to that's the Rolling Stones. Yeah, but even then they had lineup changes. Yes. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's definitely um it's definitely gonna be weird not you know, like if I, I doubt they'll 
come up into my to my neck of the woods, but only only okay. The the visual, the ZZ Top visual, of only one beard. Yeah, that's yeah. just wrong. <laughs> you, know? you know what? Like, and I I wonder how people would, would respond to this if they got him like a fake beard to put on, like the the, the substitute bass player. Oh, jeez, there yeah, would be riots, be hit or miss. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a fifty-fifty. I'd be all for it, especially if they, if they did it, it. They'd have to do it in a way where they made it fun, where they're like, "All right, while while we have this new bass player, we're going to ceremoniously induct him into this role." And like, they just bring out this big beard that looks fake and hang it on him. You yeah. know, like I because I, th- I think Dusty people might accept this. that better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. When did you guys, how and when did you guys first discover ZZ Top? Eliminator. Rock. How Me too, you? yeah. Me too, Sharp Dressed Man. Oh, because every girl's crazy about a Sharp Dressed Man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. legs. She knows how to use them. Yeah. Actually, do you guys remember uh, the TV program Friday Night Videos? Was that a thing down? Well, it was a thing down in the U.S. for sure. But, so, yes, because I feel like I used to stay up at night at my grandmother's house mm-hmm. to watch those. Right, right. That is when I first discovered ZZ Top with TV Dinners. That was the first single. Mm. And then the record kind of took off. The yeah, record I... kind of took off the, with the next single, Sharp Dress Man. Dude, that car. Just oh, the, the Eliminator car. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the spinning guitars. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember Friday night videos, but I think it's mostly by name because in Quebec, you know, you had to watch it on one of the American channels. Uh-huh. I, so for me, well, although at the time for for about a year or two, we had MTV in Quebec before uh, Much Music and Music Plus uh, really? started. Yeah, yeah, we had it. Know. We had it on cable. I remember watching. Uh, MTV and uh, uh, this is before Headbangers Ball. Uh, there was no Headbangers Ball, and but they would do like the, you know, the Friday night video fights and stuff like that. And I, I remember all that stuff. J uh, J Jackson and uh, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, all, Martha <laughs> Quinn and all, all those, all the originals. Uh, Nina wow. Blackwood, you know, mm-hmm. I had a crush on Nina Blackwood, you know. So <laughs> I had a crush on Kennedy. Were you guys aware of Kennedy? What's that? Were you, did you know Kennedy in the 90s? Uh, no. I crushed on her hardcore, dude. The only way I know of Kennedy is because Henry Rollins yes. name drops her in one of his things. Yes. That's right, yeah. Oh, it's that. so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh, leave it to Big Hank, yeah. I need to look her up. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, not, like much. I think she's hot, but I mean I'm weird, so you know. <laughs> we all do that. I know. I know. Like like I need to preface that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. Rock. One of your all time favorite bands is Metal Church. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so sad when I I, I saw the thing on uh, about the uh, Mike. How I, I keep wanting and. Snowy, you'll understand. I keep thinking Mark Howe, and you know why? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, Mike I, Howe. I had, uh, yeah, Mark Howe is Gordy's son. Player, and, and, you know, the but, player, yeah. Yeah, when I saw the news, I was like, no way. I'm like, what the heck? And then I 
tried to find what was the cause, and you know, I, I don't know if it's came out since what the cause was, the cause of death. But um, actually, this afternoon while I was at work, I was pissing around on the internet, and he took his own life. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. man! Yeah, yeah. Oh, Metal Church made Metal Church made a statement about it, and God, they basically so blamed they basically blamed the shitty American health system on it uh, what has he been suffering from something else uh they did they didn't go into details okay. about it but he just he just took his own life and they're not very happy with you know like they feel it could have been prevented if the u.s had a better health care system doing art in america is really taking your life in your own hands you're 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 gambling literally every single day if that mm-hmm. is your livelihood, you are gambling every single day because you don't have health care, you don't have insurance of any kind, you know, and just so many artists that, that I, t- I mean, like if, if you're Kiss, you're fine, right? If you're the Rolling Stones, you're fine. But mm-hmm. if you are trying to figure it out, you know, if, if you're, if you're like a mid, mid-level band or lower, like shit, man. Ugh, don't get awful. sick. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I remember when he came back in Metal Church a few years ago, you know, he was doing interviews and he was saying that, yeah, he had a he was a contractor. He had a construction company and he had several employees. So I don't know if that failed at some point, maybe with oh, the shit. pandemic, maybe that failed and he yeah. didn't have health insurance anymore. But I, I, I remember distinctively remember that. I was like, dude, you you're, you're leaving that to come back to music. But he said he was still doing both at the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Wow. No, that's definitely shines, <clears throat> definitely shines a light on that. Yeah, that that was definitely, um, yeah. Where where were you, Rock, when you found out? Like that's that that's the old question. Where were you when you heard that Elvis died and all that? And like well, Metal I'll, Church is Elvis for you. Okay, I, I know I'm not supposed to do this while I'm at work. But once in a while, you know, when I, t- I take a quick break, you know, if I'm doing something and the you know my Computers doing something, and I have to wait. Uh, if I'm uploading files and stuff, I I just go on Facebook and look real quick, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. while I'm thinking, I, I saw the post. So somebody posted um, it. I think it was Metal Church themselves that posted it. Yeah, yeah. When when I saw it, I actually I immediately thought of you. Yeah. You know, because like you're the Metal Church mark on the show and all that. And while while like with me. I don't even. I don't think I have a single Metal Church album. <gasps> Last yeah, time. yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just it's just a case of you can't listen to everybody, you know. But I always, always knew who they were and had the respect. And you know, whenever I read the articles and followed them, and you know, and, and like this is, this is just too bad. Like we had them. We've had them on the show. I believe. I recall you doing uh an album autopsy segment mm-hmm. or yep. a special episode with with metal church and all that so yeah we've always been really big um supporters and um no word on what's going to happen with them either do you think maybe it's time metal church said you know called it a day or maybe but i mean they've they've persevered all this time with other singers the thing is, is that you know their their comeback record with him was pretty good. I li- I liked it, but then the one after that I was like, oh, okay, it's it's okay. And the one after that I was like, okay, it's 
it's run of the mill. It's nothing special. So it may be time for them to just call it quits and do something else, you know, because the band has been had so many personnel changes over the years. I mean, oh, my God. Kurt, Kurt Vanderhoof, the uh, the uh, guitar player, he's the only original member. Right. Yeah, so. I kind of figured yeah. by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And finally, Joey Jordison, ex-Slipknot, ex-Murder Dolls and all that. Unfortunately, we never had him on this show, but I, rec- I remember when the Murder Dolls came through Winnipeg and speaking with them, we, uh, we had his replacement, Kyle Castronova, on the show and all that. As you may recall, the son of um, the great Dean castronova um were you like okay i don't i don't know if we ever really talked much about slipknot on this show to to either of you guys you guys any of you guys big on the big on the knot the first slipknot record is pure genius it, it to to this day, like I I can still sing so many of those songs. Like get to California where the motherfuckers are. Get to California where the motherfuckers are. You can't say California without Marlon Brando's eyes. It's just brilliant, right? Like, That's great just, stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that that first record is insane. But like for me at the time, there was so much time that lapsed between that first record in Iowa. Um, I never picked up Iowa. I, I had life changes at that point, you know, we'll say like, mm-hmm. like job changes and all this sort of stuff. And, um, I was really shocked to find out that, you know, Slipknot was still going strong when I did find out they were still <laughs> going strong. I'm like, wow. And they had such a crazy following. It was great. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I do find it ironically fitting that Joey Jordison um, has passed and we, you know, had to do his dedication on episode 666 because in, I think it's in the people equal shit song where it's like five, 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 six, 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 you know? Uh, uh. So it's just one of those like uncomfortable ironies right now. But you know, mm. I mean, it's fucking metal. What else are we going to do but be uncomfortable? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I think, George, like, he's definitely, okay, when you think of some of the all-time great drummers, you might think Keith Moon, Tommy Lee, guys like that, but just just in terms of being a badass drummer, Jordison has to be in that conversation. Oh, he is, dude. Like, for sure. For sure, for sure. And with me, I discovered Slipknot. With the first record and was pretty consistent up until the last couple. Like like I said, you can't you can't listen to everything and I kind of fell off the path and all that. And I did all of my best, you know, with the murder dolls and all that. So yeah, he is definitely a um individual that is going to be missed. That that was really surprising because the guy's like forty six. Hmm. It may you be know. another case of taking his own life, for all we know. It could be. It could be. And, like, when I found out, like, you know, that um, Mr. Howe had taken his life, like, last episode, Aaron, our chat with Jade Willow, who is a mental health advocate and all that, like, that, that came rushing back. And I can't help but yeah. think that if 
I, I, I don't know, like maybe she could have been some help to him yeah. and all that. So it, it's it's just uh, it just made me glad, you know, to know that there are people like Jade out there, you know, that are bringing this to light and being there, you know, for people when when it's needed. So, yeah, it was definitely a really rough week and of course radioactive metal extends our condolences to the families friends and fans of all three it's definitely going to be a different music world without them and it's just we're at that age now and i've said this for about 10 years our childhood is dying yeah yeah, you know. it, it sucks. And it's funny, like, I remember when my parents started going through this, you know, like, I, I can literally remember, like, my mom talking about things like this. And now I'm like, oh, shit, I hit that age, mm-hmm. you know, and I, as a teenager, I remember thinking I was never going to hit this age, you know. That's right. <laughs> when you're 16, who wants to be 30? Fuck that. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, let, let alone almost 50 now. You That's know. right. That's right. Holy shit. I mean, my my only saving grace is no matter how old I get, you're always older. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and I'm older than both of you. Well, yes, but you're also Grandpa Rock. So, you know, (laughs) that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, you're literally a grandfather. Yes. And I am in no hurry. I told little Snowy, don't don't do anything that you're not 100% ready for. Don't, you know, don't. While I'm getting that age, I'd, I'd better do this. You know, because my mom wants to be wants grandkids or whatever. Don't you do you when you, you are ready? And I'm also not ready to be a grandfather. No, thanks. oh come on, uh, yeah, it happens. You, you're going to be so happy and be like, oh, oh my of course, God. of course, yes, <laughs> it's yes, so fun. it's so fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I already have, you know, I but uh, but I've also already said, you know, like I can't, you know, when I'm a grandfather, great, but. I get all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't I don't change diapers anymore. That's the bottom line. <laughs> That's the bottom line with that. How about we pay tribute to our fallen comrades with a metal church song and rock you being the hugest metal church fan. You specifically requested um, conductor from the Hanging in the Balance record, am I correct? Uh, yes, because that's kind of a deep track. You know, that not a whole lot of people know about that album. And that was the album that they put out on uh, Blackheart Records, uh, Joan Jett's label that she had. Oh. For and uh, that album was just this not did not get any press. It just, you know, and, and the, the cover is awful. We've talked about covers before. Mm-hmm. The, and but that song is amazing, and it really showcases his his vocals in there. It's a fast song, and I I just love that track. It's probably my favorite on the album. Right on, right on. Well, this is the Mighty Metal Church. Station. Always got 
Before Mr. Howe plied his trade amongst the metal madness of Metal Church, he was the amazingly uh, the amazing vocalist for Metal Blade recording artist Heretic, which honestly I don't I didn't know that. Like I remember Heretic, I remember seeing the albums in the store, and I remember the the logo in the magazines and the advertisements, not. But it was only recently did I connect the dots that Mike Howe was the vocalist in Heretic. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of learn something new every day. So I, re- I remember when when he joined Metal Church. I remember seeing in the magazines they said, "Oh, he wasn't Heretic," but that totally left my mind because Heretic never did anything after he left, and so it totally left my mind. And then one time, I think I was still doing the podcast with you guys. I went to Park Avenue CDs and I was looking at their their new their new arrivals and the uh, used uh, vinyls mm-hmm. and I'm looking and I'm going through it and I see Heretic I'm like oh Heretic Heretic I've, I've heard of that I take it <laughs> I flip it around holy shit it's Mike Howe fuck I'm buying this <laughs> what this yeah yeah I totally forgotten <laughs> isn't that a great feeling like yeah. like that never like like I I go through that every week. Like, I hit the record shops every week, and I always find something that just, oh, my God, right on. Like, this is fantastic. Why didn't I have this before? Like, my world is complete now because I have this record. <laughs> if you get a chance, I don't know if it's on. It's probably on YouTube, the whole album, I would think. Uh, listen to it. It's it's a good album from, from start to finish. It's really good. 
it's I mean it's not it's not a classic, but it's it, it's 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 good enough for you to to give it you know an hour of your time to or forty minutes of your time to listen to it. It's really good. Right on, right on, and that was well, I guess the self titled song heretic by heretic from the album heretic yes sir (laughs) (laughs) yeah at least they were consistent they were consistent and it was the first track on the first album (laughs) so can i tell you that every time you guys say my cow quickly um it sounds like you're saying my cow my cow i know i'm like you have a cow and then like i'm like no mike how mike how Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, wait until I interview Michael Hunt on the show. Someday. Oh, I can't wait for you to interview Mike Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you haven't changed. Well, not, yeah. not in the least. No, we're we're still fifty going on fifteen around here. Or if you interview Michael Dick, that'll be a good time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of interviews, like I said at the top of the hop, we had the opportunity. To once again have a really cool creature feature alum on once again um, the new record from Aborted Mania Cult is now available and I gave it a spin really good stuff Aborted has been absolutely like if you're a death metal fanatic you know all about them and they have absolutely been consistent putting out killer material and just with each subsequent record just getting more and more for in terms of underground and the way the record industry is these days your own definition of more popularity more recognition it's going to vary on the individual but aboard it seems to be going in that direction. So we had the good the uh, the opportunity to speak to vocalist Sven Dukalwi. And I have to admit, trying to like I know we've had him on the show before. I spoke to him in person. We did one of our radioactive metal action interviews. But <laughs> as we sat down before we pressed record, the both of us, we racked our brains trying to figure out exactly when that was. Because I know they came through town. I know we speak, to, we spoke to them. But I couldn't remember who their touring partner was. And we had this great conversation where he's like, well, what about this band? Well, no, I think it was this band. No, no, no. And we kind of went back and forth for a couple minutes. And then after the fact, I finally figured out that they came through town with uh canadian bashers cataclysm that was obviously a super killer bill and i think i got that name right rock cataclysm (laughs) okay yes but yes yes well with with your accent it's definitely going to be different but i could just i can recall you know when you were on the when you were on the show full time I could never pronounce that properly. It, I was, I was. So it was a few bands that you always said wrong. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, and that was definitely one of them. But over the years, I always managed to get the name aborted 
correct <laughs> without any problems. So, without further ado, we are going to get into our chat with Sven and talk about all that is with that amazing new Mania Cult. So, once again, this is our chat with aborted Sven de Calway. First and foremost, let's kind of jump into the meat of the matter as as to why we're speaking today. September 10th, your new album, Mania Cult, drops. I guess you're uh, getting pretty excited. Yeah, we're very excited. So excited. <laughs> Almost exploding with anxiety. No, yeah, we're, we're stoked, man. We're, we just dropped the second single, so yeah, it's, it's the countdown. It has begun. <laughs> right on. Right on. With this, like going by the name of the album and all that, I kind of think there's a concept to this some in some way, shape, or form. Oh, there is. And it, it's absolutely stupid. But I will share it with you anyway. <laughs> so usually we, you know, when we write a record, you know how bands come up with a concept and then they write a record around it? Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're not those kind of people, at least at least not this time around. Uh, we decided to come up with some some crazy, stupid shit that we could uh, get out uh, for the album release for the limited edition because we usually do that with with our records. Uh, and this time around, we actually worked around the idea of what are we gonna do to you know have a crazy pre-ordered you know album. Uh, you know, limited edition thing uh, to come out and, and, and what's the ideas and maybe we can write the album around that. And that's exactly what we did. So what we wanted to do, being a bunch of nerds that we are, is we came up with wanting to have our own action figure. And that's what we did. So we, oh. we came up with this 90s slasher figure called Waylon Thurston, who is obsessed with Lovecraft and he wants to bring on the end of the world by sacrificing everybody to the ancient gods. And we made an action figure out of him, which you can you can purchase, of course. And uh, we based the, the album artwork first, of course, around the, around the concept. And then we had the action figure you know, modeled and, and, and it's being manufactured right now. Uh, so that that's roughly the concept, uh, but it's also you know if, if you've seen the album artwork, you see a, a whole bunch of demons coming out of him, speaking to him. Uh, that's actually basically because that's all in his head and he's completely fucking batshit crazy. And I do believe that mental health is something that should be openly discussed in in, in our society today. So we're not completely retarded, just slightly. <laughs> Just slightly. <laughs> okay, right on, right on. Okay, you mentioned what kind of nerds um, you are in the band and all that. What What are some of your pop cultural interests? Uh, well, we all like playing video games and we all love horror movies and and just like I mean, if you follow the band at all, the, the last couple of years we've, we've you know we really built our universe around you know eighties, nineties horror film slashers, uh, you know that that kind of stuff. Right That's now. what we're really into. Yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling, especially um, one of the singles was entitled "Drag Me to Hell." So I'm yes. kind of thinking you drew some inspiration from that film. Oh, it's absolutely about that film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a song about the film. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Do you remember when you first saw 
that movie where where you were and what your reaction to it was? I was in the theater, I believe. Uh, and my reaction was, this is like, I, I didn't know Sam Raimi did it before watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I saw it, I was like, this is so goofy and silly and, and, and just campy and but but also really disgusting. So it has to it, it reminds me of Evil Dead in so many ways. And then mm -hmm. it turned out to be Sam Raimi. So I guess I was right. <laughs> now I, I, I thought it was really funny. It, it's a when it came out, that kind of movie hadn't been done in a really long time, and they did it well. So I thought it was really cool. Right on, right on. What if you guys were approached like to do like a um, a soundtrack for a horror film? Would you guys be ready on board with that? Oh hell yeah, we'd be on board. I don't know if it'd be a great idea for the movie, but we'd definitely be on board. On, right on because you've actually supplied vocal tracks i believe for the soundtrack to a video game doom eternal what, yeah, um, yeah exactly uh, how, how did that come about well funny enough uh there was a ad from mick gordon who, who did the, the soundtrack saying that he's looking for metal vocalists to be on doom eternal they're, they're doing it in the states so i was like eh, there's zero chance that i'll you know get to be a part of this but I talked to a friend of mine. He was like, just send in an audition. You never know. And then they, if, if they don't pick you, they don't pick you. If they pick you, well, that, that's cool, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, funny enough, I did that. And, and Mick did get in, in touch with me and, and said uh, he, was, he was totally interested. So we, you know, the funny thing is that it, it really coincided with uh, an American tour that we were doing right after. So it, it was sort of perfect timing for me because I think I was the only one flying in from outside of the States. Um, you know, other people flew in with, from other parts of the US, but I was the only one coming from Europe. Uh, and it was a very surreal, very interesting experience with, I've met a lot of amazing people that day. Uh, all of the singers were fantastic. It was, it was, a, it was a very surreal and, and amazing experience. Were there any other name singers such as yourself that the public would know? Yeah, uh, James was there from Black Crown Initiate. Ray from Immortal Bird was there. Okay. Uh, there was um, Tony Campos from Fear Factory and, and Static X was there. Um, so yeah, there, there, there were quite a bunch of names there, to be honest. Excellent, excellent. Sounded like you had a really good time. Right on. Absolutely. Right on. Right on. With um, with this new single, with the Drag Me to Hell single, they, um, they produced one of those visualizer videos. And I was checking out earlier today. What are your thoughts on those? I mean, honestly, I prefer those to lyric videos because lyric videos make me dizzy. And I think <laughs> it's been proven that most people don't give a shit about what you're, you know, your lyrics are <laughs> right. So, I I mean, honestly, I, I think it's cool. The artwork sort of comes to life. Uh, we did a lyric video for the you know the, the EP that came out last year, and a lot of people were complaining that it went too fast and they couldn't follow the lyrics. So we just decided not to do it anymore, and that way, you know, it, it's easier to have a concept come across mm -hmm. and to focus on the music rather than trying to follow what the hell you know I'm doing. So. Right on, right on. Yeah, like I said, I was enjoying it earlier today. Once again, Mania Cult will be available with Century Media Records. 
You've been with them yep. now since 2007. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have experienced... Like, I remember when they first... Like, I'm an old man, too, and I remember when they first started back in the early 90s with all the European death and thrash and all that. They seem to have really grown over the years, you know, with the distribution deal with Sony and all that. Are they mm-hmm. still kind of... Um, you know, just let let the artists do what they do, taking more of a hands-off approach? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any label in, in, like, if you're talking about a Century Media, Nuclear Blaster, you know, Metal Blade, whatever, those kind of labels. I don't think with the, the music that, you know, my band does or, or bands in our style does, that they're not getting involved. It's I think it's different if you get to the more commercial poppy kind of things. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, maybe there's some sort of creative control uh, in labels. Uh, but I don't think these kind of metal labels are doing that. They definitely haven't done it to, to us at all. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's like it's run by fellow metalheads that enjoy extreme music as well. So mm-hmm. they're just going to let you do you because what you do is fantastic. So what are they going to, you know, what's their input going to be like? It, it would make sense to turn us into Evanescence anyway. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. maybe right. if Evanescence wants to put out a rap record on Century Media, they'd be like, maybe you shouldn't do that. But, you know, that's a different story. Have you, <laughs> Have you has the band with your moniker, has it ever gotten any negative feedback just from many mainstream press or anything like, oh, oh yeah, no, I mean, aborted, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Christians are not particularly fond of us, but that's fine because that's, you know, goes both ways. Mm -hmm. But uh, usually religious people frown upon the name because they immediately think it's linked to abortion, which it it, honestly it isn't. Uh, That's not why the the band is named the way it is. But uh, we've been banned in China and we've been banned in uh, in Dubai because of the band name. Uh Wow. Well, what about like um, record stores just over the years? Like we we can't carry this because of this name. No, no. The the last thing we really noticed uh, is we we were actually talking to a burger uh, restaurant in in L.A. that does signature burgers for other bands. Okay. Uh, when 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 they play in town, it's a sort of a known thing, and they they were interested in doing an aborted burger, but then. They sort of backed out last minute saying, yeah, we're afraid that we're going to get a lot of negativity from people uh, because of the band name. So we don't want to risk getting, you know, a bad rep. So I can yeah. just see that. I can just see that like on the menu, the aborted burger. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, if you're going to have a pig destroyer burger, well, what's the difference? Oh, yeah, then what's the problem? Here, holy jeez, we got to have a talk yeah, with yeah, these no. people. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> okay. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> um, a little piece of trivia about Aborted that a lot of people may not know, but for a short while in 2010, for one year EP's Coronary Reconstruction, Megadeth Dirk Ver. Bowren, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. 
was a uh, yeah was uh, was was a member with you guys. When was the last time you spoke to him? Uh, last week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean he's he's not he's not only on coronary construction. He was on the Hematobic EP and on our record called Gormageddon. So he was he recorded a couple of records uh, okay. with us. And uh, I'm actually in a grindcore project with him, uh, and we're recording uh, an, an album actually right now. Uh, it's it's with Dirk and also Shane Embury from Napalm Death. So uh, okay, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. No, I didn't know because once you start, you know, like just signing on to a Megadeth. You know, a band like that can be very time-consuming. I'm so glad mm -hmm. he hasn't forgotten where he came from, and he seems like he's still a really cool, down-to-earth guy. Oh, uh, no. Sure. Derek is is absolutely an amazing person. He's the most down-to-earth person you'll meet in the music industry. He's always happy, always smiling, and he just loves his blast beats and his grindcore, man, so... He's in the project. He's playing guitar and, and and drums, and then Shane's playing bass. I'm doing vocals, so it's really taking him back to the roots, and it's all about just you know raw and and having fun. And he's he's definitely not that kind of guy. He's he's very genuine and down to earth. Right on, right on. I definitely got that feeling, and I gotta I gotta have him on the show as well sometime. And finally, I'm sure you've got a lot going on, doing the press and all that. Um, it, it looks like we're seeing the light at the end of the whole COVID tunnel here and all that. And it's definitely, mm -hmm. are you guys going to be getting out on the road? What's going to be the next year for Boarded going to be like? Well, not this year, unfortunately. We we initially had a tour planned uh, when the album's coming out, but it got moved to February. So actually, we're starting everything uh, upcoming February. We're doing a European tour, and the Acacia Strain's coming with us, uh, Benighted, mm. and a Belgian band called Fleddy Melchuli. And then hopefully next summer, we'll, we'll be in North America. Uh, nothing's confirmed yet, but that's what we're working on, at least.
Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
there is the like i said before the interview the new album mania cult is available now from century media records but we decided you know what excuse me they have this immense back catalog of just some amazing music and i thought maybe we'd kick it a little old school from their Gormageddon record that was aborted with the saw and the carnage done. And I'm a little kind of a little little biased when choosing that song, you know, being being Canadian and all that, because I don't know if they show if they took that title and was inspired at all by Neil Young's The Needle and the Damage Done. You know, when I see that song title, The Saw and the Carnage Done, I kind of hearken to that and all that. So maybe, maybe, you know, I got a little selfish there. But Sorry? I think you're stretching. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a question. Next time we have Sven on the show, being a good Canadian boy, I should ask him that as well i want to introduce everyone to the metal against coronavirus project what that was was the song loss by the band inert now what the metal against coronavirus is was this huge project and i only recently discovered it where some songs were released by some underground bands with special guests from some more name artists. And all the proceeds for these songs on Bandcamp went to the fight against the coronavirus. That song we just heard, Lost by Inert, featured um, former aborted drummer and good friend of Mr. Sven, as we heard in the interview, Mr. Dirk Verburen, and could never get his name right. He of it's easy for you Megadeth to say. Fame. I know, I know. I was, oh, that, dude. Was, that was that was part of the interview, or at least when I was supposed speaking to Ben, it's like, oh, I sure hope I got Dirk's name right. Well, of course he's been in a number of really cool grind bands he's currently playing his trade in cadaver and megadeth and dirk contributed his drums to that song i'm really stoked about this project because it has a number of wicked um guest spots including kelly mclaughlin from pessimist daniel decay from exciter alex books from immolation uh, aborted bandmate Ian Jalekis, um, Prika Amaral from Nervosa, the immortal Cam Lee, Danko Jones, John McEntee from Incantation, David Ingram from Benediction, James Murphy, Jeff Becerra from Possessed, and Carl Willis from Memorandum and X Bolt Thrower. All of these awesome people contributed their talents to this project metal against coronavirus.bandcamp.com we forgot to mention aaron that today as we speak is bandcamp friday so this oh, would shit. have been no well no yeah. i thought they were done with bandcamp fridays yep. apparently today today is going on unless Darn i misread it. that hang on i'm looking it up right now son of a bitch 
<laughs> okay. Well, that would um, would have been uh, today, as we speak, would have been an ideal time to um, son of a bitch grab some of these some of these tracks where the you know Bandcamp would have given up all of their all of their cut, shall we say, and all of it would have gone to the Metal Against Coronavirus project oh it'll be as this episode drops okay oh okay so right because this episode is going to drop on august 6th oh okay so i did misread that yeah because i'm I'm reading i'm like this friday august 6th i'm like what what's today like fuck dude (laughs) oh so so yeah, as you are listening to this, if you're listening to this for the first time, Press Friday pause, morning, August go 6th. to Bandcamp, buy some stuff. There you go, for sure, for sure. So we did, we did make it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great stuff, great stuff. Dude, Bandcamp Friday, like I've got to hand it to Bandcamp. You want to talk about somebody that gives a shit about artists? You know, like mm-hmm. they've they've really, you know, I mean, they started during the pandemic. Um, I, f- I feel like they did pause it for like a month or two because I feel like there was a last one. And then they must have just picked it back up and I don't know how I missed it. But um, I I love the fact that they do this. Like it's it's pretty impressive, you know, because um, Sue, friend of the show, like, you know, we talk about how things are going for her and the band camps where she makes the majority of her revenue from the album. You know, right? it's just fantastic. Right on, for sure, for sure. Whenever we get stuff like that, we always like to, you know, put it out there for our listeners. Hey, this is definitely, like, you should be supporting all year long, all month long and all that. But it's times like this, make that extra effort. Because if, you if you're ever thinking, hmm, I think I want to order this record now. Okay, that's the time, you know, when stuff like this is going on so like we said at the top of the hop here we don't really have any sort of idea of how we're going to approach this all we're gonna do is just (laughs) we're just gonna you know shoot shoot from the hip spout off annoy everyone have a couple more belts and just have a really good time acknowledging the fact that this show even made it to 666 episodes i remember like the first when the show was first brought to me my uh first co-host he came up to me and said hey man uh, let's do a podcast i'm like okay what's a podcast because when radioactive metal started like i didn't even know what that was there were so few of them you know even on the air, but he seemed to have a clue as to what it was. And he gave me, you know, the, um, the 411 on about it and tried to explain it to me. He had to dumb it down for me. No. <laughs> yeah. No, you're such I a techno just... wizard. I can't believe you have to <laughs> dumb, dumb it down for you. He, he must be so... like Steve Jobs' kid or something. <laughs> so so when i finally put it together and i said okay you want to do a radio show in your basement and we can do that like wayne's world 
<laughs> that's right. Basically, basically, it's like it's like public TV, but worldwide. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. Not really knowing, you know, what we were gonna do and all that, and it just, it just, it just didn't stop. You know, went from episode one to 666 now and we've had you know so many great co-hosts joining us coming and going and all that and i'm really grateful for everyone particularly rock and aaron because without you two guys okay there wouldn't have been a radioactive metal outside after my first co-host decided he didn't want to do it anymore we brought Rock, as I recall, Rock, you were you were a listener, right? Yes, I was and, an early listener, long time listener, first time had, caller. That's right, <laughs> that's right. And you had wrote us a letter and all that, and you seemed like you had your shit together when it came to all this. And when it was time for my original co-host to leave, he said, "Well, how about you know I introduce you." to this gentleman and all that no no what what it was the first time i spoke to you you were a guest on the show because you were the host you had your own podcast the life and times of captain america yeah yeah the adventures of captain america right 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 because he like he was like well we we, we got to have this guy on and i was like well why what does he do who is he and then as i looked out more and more of who you are and what you do i'm like okay he does something <laughs> you know he does his own podcast and he's a metalhead of course we got to have him on then shortly after that you were coming on full time and you being the techno wizard and all that you kind of saved the show like like once 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 dario had left <laughs> yep so you actually saved this show and bringing Aaron on, you know, fast forward. I think you were on the show for like eight years, eight or nine years. You well, were I was on for eight years, and uh, Aaron joined at least two years before I left. Before that, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I have so, no yeah. idea at this point. Like, I know my first appearance was somewhere <laughs> between 2011 2012, um, when okay. I did the interview for Iron City Rocks with. Oh my goodness, I can't remember his name, but the guitarist from um, The Infectious Rocky Grooves, George. Dean. Rocky. No. Oh. No, 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 um, no, not Rocky George. Rocky George was suicidal. Um, yeah. No, it was Dean. Oh my goodness, Dean something. Oh, oh yes, Dean. I can't remember his name, but yes, Dean, Dean something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't, wasn't he in suicidal as well? Well, later on he was, yes. But, oh, okay. but his his first introduction to that world was through the infectious grooves, and then he ended up joining suicidal. Um, but he he was known for the clean parts, you know, in in uh, infectious okay. grooves. But yeah, so then, uh, and it's funny because I was a listener, and John from Iron City came to me and said, "Hey, you know, would you mind if we, um, you know, gave this interview to Radioactive Metal to play?" I'm like. Hell no, Mike. I love that show. I just listened to the Kiss episode. The one guy had a Kiss pinball machine, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was so I was so nerd now. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you got to know me and well it's, i know i know that, that, but, but i'm still here ball. anyway right <laughs> that's, that's right and without you when rock said you know what guys i really can't do this anymore you know life life happens you know um with without aaron and all of his techno mumbo jumbo and all that i don't know if this would have survived without him so i've definitely been blessed over the years um with some amazing co-hosts so thank you guys very much i really appreciate it um for myself with this whole thing like yeah we've we it's we're at the point now with this show when people say well who have you spoken to who have you had on your show um it's not who we have it's more like we haven't to at this point (laughs) and and rock is the one that really really you know, lit lit the fire under my ass to get more and more interviews on because before Rock came on, we were just doing this show every other week and we only had had a handful of interviews. Yeah, and I remember my first interview that I did with you guys, it was you, Dario, and me, and it was with Dan Lilker. Right. Wow. And I remember right. I was I was so nervous and like, I don't. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and listen, <laughs> and which is pretty much what I did. And then I was like, okay, that's not so bad, you know. And then we kind of, you know, when when Dario left, we, you know, I was like, yeah, we need to do more. And then I scheduled an interview uh, in person because we were doing the Skype, but you know, Skype was at that that time it was kind of hit or miss. You know, the the sound quality wasn't great, and mm. if the, the internet was dropping and stuff, we would lose the the person so i had scheduled a, my first in-person interview here at at the at the rock hard rock cafe uh no i'm sorry at the uh not the hard rock cafe the uh house of blues and it was with uh, catatonia right wow. yes first in-person interview and i remember be, being there outside so nervous you know i met with the tour manager it was me and this with this other guy that was there and uh we were just chit-chatting and stuff, and uh, he was—he went to uh, UCF, the University of Central Florida, and it was—he uh, was doing an interview for one of his classes, or I think he was maybe on the—he had a show maybe on the on their radio station. I'm not sure. It was—it was something like that, and uh, so I was like, okay, cool, you know. And so me and him were—we we talked, and we struck a little bit of a friendship. We, you know, a year later we weren't talking anymore because out of sight. Right. But, you know, I did that interview and he did his first and they took us backstage at, at the House of Blues upstairs. The, 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 the dressing rooms were upstairs. And while he was doing his interview, I could the door was open. I could I could see them. And I could hear him talking. I was just by their catering, which was a few cold cuts and some cookies and stuff like that. <laughs> and they, you know, the one of the guys in the band told me, hey, if you want something, just I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm not. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's OK. <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. yeah, this is yours. I'm not touching this. But yeah, the, the other guy was doing his interview with no recorder. He was writing down the answers. Oh, oh shit. That's like, holy crap. And then I, I got real. I was like, oh, shit. I hope my, my and I was recording with my phone. I was like, I hope, I hope this records. I hope this records. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, when I when I went in, it was, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Is there a Niles in the band? Oh, it's been so long now. Uh, uh, Anderson or Anstrom or uh, anyway. So he saw me with my recorder. He says, oh, good. He says, you got a recorder. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah. So, and that went really well. I was a little nervous at first, but it went well. And then from there, I just did a whole bunch of them. And then you started doing the in-person ones also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's like, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is now part of my show going for the lack yeah. of a better expression and all that. So it got to a point, like there were times, you know, and especially when I started volunteering with the Ninja Cat Productions, right? And now it's to the point, like, if I go to a, sh- like, like, okay, if it's a big arena show, okay, that's different. But if I go to a theater show or a club show and I'm just there as a patron, because I'm a fan of the band or whatever, if I'm not doing an interview or if I'm not, loading gear helping you know in, in and out and all that i'm like okay did i forget to do something like mm-hmm. is someone waiting for me to do something am i on am i on the clock or not like it's just i just got to the point where like it was all it was all part of it it was all part and parcel it felt the same way for me whenever that happened because i was doing photos uh, in mm-hmm. the photo or and or interviews so and usually right. it was both you know so so yes yeah, so with a few shows that i did go and paid my money to get in there it was like oh this is weird i don't have my camera with me i'm <laughs> what am i doing yeah, I'm, not, I'm not on the clock yeah you know i have no responsibilities tonight mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah one of the things okay with this show is um just some of the unique areas and places where I've done interviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, because basically all you really need is just you, your recorder, the subject, and about 10 minutes of a hopefully a quiet place. Yeah. You know, that's and <laughs> that part's a challenge. I was going to say, it, if, it, if you found a quiet place, you got to tell me your secret. Because, because yeah, because if you get that one artist, like if it's the winter time, okay, especially up here, oh, yeah, for you, or yeah. if it's raining or whatever, and you get that one artist that doesn't want to go outside or whatever, well, you have to find like that hallway, or you have to hope that the manager of the of the venue is okay with you using his office, or you know, like you just need. You just need that quiet place. And like I, I know I've done interviews like on, on the, the tour buses, in like the green rooms, in the back alleys of the show, in the hotel rooms. I remember the old zoo. The zoo was connected to the the Osborne Village Motor Inn. Okay, like the club was connected to the hotel, and I would go up and hang out with the bands in their hotel room and do the interviews there. And it just and not 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 only the in person interviews okay but over, over the phone like when i'm at work mm-hmm. okay i need i need a couple minutes alone okay well uh, i can't go there i can't go there i can't use my office cuz there's always people coming and going and bothering me and like don't you can't you see i'm talking to max cavalera have a little <laughs> respect like fuck off <laughs> You know, so I end up a couple of times I've ended up in the supply closet. Any place where somebody's not going to walk in. Right, right. Yeah. Basically, you know, and then there are a couple of times, you know, at, at, at night after my shift at work, I put signs on the door saying I'm not in. You may see me through the window of the door, but I'm not in. 
<laughs> okay, because I'm on the phone talking to an interesting people, and nothing that you are going to have to say right now is going to top what this amazing artist is going to have to say, and all that. Well, I've forgotten those signs on the door. Now, the next shift, the next morning, comes in, and it says, like, snow is not in. And now, now I, got this whole, I got this whole shift of people wondering if I'm coming in later oh on God, that day or, or, or not. You know? <laughs> you know? So, so they're freaking out. Oh, no, he's not coming in. What are Doing all that so when i show up well we saw your note saying you weren't coming in you were you were out well no that was last night don't you guys know the drill <laughs> but now you know you know so yeah that that's something that i'm always going to remember you know just these unique places you you you're bringing back a flood of memories right now for me. I'm like, oh my god! So the best place I've done an interview was on the Anthrax bus. Dude, uh-huh. me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Doro Doro's uh, bus also. Uh, I went in. I I got in there, and the uh, the drummer was sleeping in the back room, so we had to wait for for them to wake him up and get him out of there. <laughs> And uh, Matt, uh, was it was it, uh, Madame Mayhem was also they, they were on tour together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all the whole band were were in the bus. They were all hanging out and stuff. And I'm just standing there in like the the, the hallway, quote unquote, just talking to Doro. And she was so sweet. She's like, "Oh, I'm really sorry." And you know how her that that soft voice that she has when she's oh talking? yeah, yes. Uh-huh. I'm really sorry. Uh, uh, the drummer's sleeping. Somebody's waking him up. Uh, so so, how are you? How's your family? What do you do for a living? And blah. And she's just asking me all these questions. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet, you know. And then going to the the back room after that, talking to her, and we were there for a while, a good half hour. At one point, some the the tour manager comes in, and opens the door, says, "Hey, is everything okay in here?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go away." <laughs> so we were just talking, you know. I, I think at that point, even I had turned off the recorder because we were done with the interview. We were just chatting, me and her, you know, so mm-hmm. sweet. And then I've done interviews in the Burger King with uh, Conquer Divide. Oh, oh that's, that's that's still right. one of my favorite stories, dude. I love that. Yep. One. <laughs> yeah, Conquer Divide, that. man. Yep. And then uh, I've I've done I've done them in back alleys with Anvil. Uh, I've done them. Did you have a the, back alley, Lemmy? Because you know, uh, no, so I, dirty. You know, I <laughs> uh, did the one with Glenn Benton, me and Corrine, with Glenn Benton, and, and that oh, same. Oh, well, that's when Corrine became Glenn Benton's wife. Yes, right. exactly. that picture, picture is just famous, you know. Yeah, and then the 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 worst, you know, because you were talking about trying to find a uh, a quiet place and all that. The worst interview that I ever did, that I ever had trouble with, was with. Um, I was supposed to talk to John Schaefer of Iced Earth. They were in the oh, Okay, <laughs> this this was you know many 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 years ago. Okay, and I was actually uh-huh. excited to talk to him about you know about stuff. But then the, uh, the, the the tour manager comes back, you know, he goes to go get him. He comes back, he says, okay, well, uh, he's got family because he's from Tampa. He's, he's got family, so they're they're on the bus. So he says, uh, you mind talking to somebody else? And all my questions were all specific to John Schaefer. That's oh. when I be a little bit more, uh, you know, general in my with my questions. So he said, okay, we'll bring the singer. I think it was Stu Block. Mm-hmm. So they bring Stu out. 
and we're they're trying the, the guys are sound checking this is like i'm like and he's looking at me, he's like yeah let's try and find a, a, a quiet spot we try to go outside the bus is running it's like a lot of noise yeah we find this little room dude it was a comedy of errors we would go to a room something was happening we go to another little room and so we find this little teeny tiny room we go in there we shut the door and I'm looking at my questions like, what the fuck am I going to ask him? You know, this whole time I mean, we're trying. I'm like, oh my god. And this was at the Beecham in uh, Orlando. The Beecham and the Social, which are two venues, they're connected together. They were owned by the same person, so there was a door in between. And I've seen shows at both places. We tried going into the Social, but there was something going on there. We couldn't do the interview there. So finally, when we found that little room. I start the interview, and I swear to God, the interview was like three minutes long. I, right. I, I had nothing. I had nothing for him, and I did not know him. I know he's been in other bands, but I knew nothing. So, oh, I felt so bad, That's so, so embarrassed. And I, I, I think we actually we aired it, but I think I, I did. I told this whole story and was like, okay, this is my three minute interview with Stu Block. <laughs> so, Which. Um, which Stu Block, you know, after the whole uh, Capitol building debacle and all that, yeah. Stu Block has returned to Canada. He's um, he's a conscientious Canadian now, I guess, back, I guess, for the lack of a better term, I guess. And um, he has returned um, to Into Eternity, the band. That's right. That's who he was with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be splitting vocals with Amanda because we were afraid up here that with Stu Block returning that you know Amanda was going to end up getting the boot from the band as the vocalist and she's such a sweetheart and such a really cool person to have and all that but uh, no they're going to be sharing vocal duties and right now this weekend as we speak the loud the loudest hell festival is going on in Drumheller Alberta and they're headlining one of the nights, and our good buddy Ducky is there this weekend. That's you know, awesome. Working, working the stage as a volunteer, and all that. So yeah, yeah. Um, so Stu Block is back, back in Canada, black back with Into Eternity, and the whole John Schaefer thing. I don't know, Aaron. That gave us so much copy this year. I don't know how many conversations we got out of the whole thing. Yeah. One of the very first conversations um, that our former co-hostess, Elizabeth, we brought her on right after she had done an interview with uh, John Schaefer for her um, local college on yes. the local college station, the Metal Lunchbox. Yes. She went, and I didn't know her then, okay, but I met her right after this, but she went and interviewed Schaefer, like, on the bus, and she brought her then fiancé with her, and apparently the whole time, like, he was being a real creep to her, just saying, like, just making comments about her nice derriere, over and over to the point oh, where dear. her fiance was this close to punching him in the snout. And I got to know this guy, okay, while they were together. And honestly, he is the last person that I would ever want punching me in the face. Well, wasn't he into an MMA or something? <laughs> Sorry? Wasn't he into MMA? 
Both of them were kickboxers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I knew. I yeah. knew that was a violent thing. They were saying, "Yeah, <laughs> a violent yeah. Thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah." And and Elizabeth is actually in Denmark right now. Oh, wow. um, she's still kickboxing and all that. So, yeah, it would have been nice to have maybe got her to join us and all that. But when you're on the other side of the world, things get a little tough. So, yeah, that is definitely something. Like I will yeah. never forget. Just, just just talking with bands in general. Like I especially like talking to the younger bands that you can tell they haven't done a lot of press. Yeah, yeah. that's challenging too. <laughs> <laughs> because because trying to get something out of them, mm-hmm. and if we're doing an interview, like if we're doing a creature feature. Okay, then that means like you've signed on to a prominent label or you've been around or you're a veteran, you've done this, you've done that and all that. So like you would think maybe you would, you know, have a good idea on how to do this. But I've spoken, you know, I've had I've done a a number of these action interviews with these bands that have just just signed on to Seasons of Mist or to Prosthetic or something. And you I can see how nervous they are talking to me. Yeah. Okay. And like some of the band members, okay, relatively new. They've never been on the radio yet. All of their interviews have been email or something they've they've never been you like you can see what's going through their head i could see okay yeah that guy right there he's about to piss his pants yeah that guy's (laughs) wondering what he's gonna say (laughs) you know so then when i get to the point where i say okay i would like you guys to cut a little promo for the beginning of the episode if i can just get you to say your name you say your name you say your name And who's been in the band the least amount of time? And the youngest guy will kind of raise his hand and say, me. Okay, well, this is how we're going to haze you, you know, (laughs) since since you're the new guy. When we get to you last, you're going to say your name, the band, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. And right then and there, I could see the look of terror in the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> but rarely, I don't know about you, rarely have I had to do more than two takes. Usually it's first take. Yeah, because oh, yeah. It's, it's easy enough. Like, especially if you do get that veteran band. Okay. Yeah. And I will generally say, and this, this, it doesn't make air or whatever. I will say... You know, if I can get you to do this, this, and this, I'm sure you've done this 800 times. Yeah. And if it's a veteran band, they'll go, oh, yeah, no prob. Boom, yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, I would but, say the same thing to them. <laughs> when you need to do more than two takes, typically it's because they've been drinking or other things. Well, right. it, it was usually a young band, like uh, like Snowy was just uh, describing. It was usually a young band, like an indie spotlight, you know. Well, do you guys remember when you, I did the Dwarves interview for um, Iron City Rocks? And I can't remember if you guys played that one or not, but I interviewed Blag. No. Okay. Like, it no. took three or four times to interview him. Like, I'd call him or I'd, we'd email. I'd be like, hey, here's what we're going to do. And I was giving out, you know, our conference call information. And I'd show up. Nobody would be there. I'd interview him. I get the notification like an hour or two later that he was in the conference call. I'm like, what the fuck? 
And then <laughs> finally, when we connected, I'm like, how about you just give me a number? I'll call you directly. No, no, no. I can do this. I can do this. When he shows up, they call me Black the Ripper. I'm like, oh, fuck. He's hammered. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder we haven't been able to like, because it was three days, three solid days of trying to connect with this guy. And it was, it was a blast. Like it was, it was, it was rock and roll as I had ever dreamed of. And I loved every second of it, but it's like, motherfucker, dude, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. so we, what, what band was it? I'm trying to remember what band was it that we tried to get on, get on three times and, I, and they were, they were no show every time. And then after the third time, you said never again. Was it Mushroom Head? Mushroom Head. Oh, fuck yeah. them. Yes. They're from yeah. Ohio. Fuck them. <laughs> Nobody likes people from Ohio. <laughs> What's it? Well, we don't mean you. <laughs> we don't mean any. We don't mean anyone from the Hell's Headbangers either. Hey, I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh. Know? I have to have a rivalry with everybody from Ohio. <laughs> Even though I did go to a YSU for a year. Uh, okay, I, I, I didn't know Pennsylvania and Ohio were a thing. Oh, dude. Cleveland and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sports rivalry. Foosball. Yeah. Foosball. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Like foosball. Here. Foosball. <laughs> <laughs> So what's what's uh, what's what what's round on uh, no what state is round at both ends and and tall in the middle Ohio <laughs> that's an old Bugs Bunny joke that's <laughs> one of my favorites dude we used to tell that in grade school it's classic <laughs> makes sense that makes sense that makes sense how about we uh, we drop a couple tracks. Here, I mean, I we still got a lot to talk about, but I know one of um, one of your highlights, Rock, was uh, Nile. Oh yes, the immortal Nile. I'm trying to think. Did you speak to Carl Sanders? Yes, it, I spoke to Carl Sanders on on the bus, and right. he started to clear the bus for us to interview. <laughs> <laughs> Told everybody, said, "Okay, guys, I'm doing an interview." You either stay in the back lounge or you uh, you get out. <laughs> and right then, on. I think that's the interview also where the only guy that stayed in the room with us was the tour manager because he had work to do and he needed the Wi-Fi from the bus and he right. was on the laptop and he was he was quietly working you know uh, away from us. But yeah, he made sure to clear clear the room. <laughs> he right was, on. He you, was you, you 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 got the rock star treatment. Right on. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, let's let's drop a track from the mighty Nile. You requested sarcophagus from the and the darkest shrines record, I believe. So this is the mighty Nile.
track it did appear on one of their one of their records with relapse a little later on but that it was the track from their 2012 demo that they pushed on they pressed on to vinyl that i bought that i picked up from the old warren music shop as well and that's just always been one of my favorite iron reagan songs from that moment and that's another band that like Mr. Tony Foresta, the vocalist for Iron Reagan, who is also the vocalist for Municipal Waste, had them on the show so many times. Every time one of those bands came through town, we always made sure to have them. Even if they, even if there wasn't a new album or anything, like he always had something to say, and he was always a good time, and it was always, you know. It's just uh, uh, just a creature feature that we always just enjoyed. He always brought it to the table. But I'll never forget the t- time where I was interviewing him in the hotel room. And um, he was good friends with um, Odorous Urungus. Oh, Dave no Rocky, Because they were from the same scene. They're from Richmond, Virginia together. And I thought it would be kind of appropriate, like, if he was to say, it was shortly after Dave Brockie's death. And it was very appropriate. I thought it would be appropriate if he said a, a couple words about his friendship and all that. And Tony got really quiet. And I can see it in his eyes that he really didn't want to talk about it and all that. But he persevered. And he paid tribute to his old friend really, really nicely. It's a moment that I'll never forget because before Brocky's death, we had the good fortune of having Odorous on the show. And I did an action interview with, with him at, at the venue sans all the gear, you know, but Mr. Brocky, he was, he was just so connected to the Odorous character there were so many times during that half hour chat that I had with him. I'm like, and I even said it at least once in the interview. Okay, who am I talking to now? Yeah, he was in and out of character. <laughs> am, am I talking to Dave? Uh-huh. Am I talking to Dave or I'm talking to Odor? Oh, yeah. You know, it, was, it was so weird. And yeah. I can kind of be the same thing. Okay, not, not, not to his extent, but there are people in this world that don't even know my given name that don't call me by my given name. And then there are people that will never, ever call me snowy and all, and all that. So if, if I'm out in the real world and someone yells snowy, I'm going to turn my head. 
you know, because it's just, it's a part of me. It's just like Kelsey Grammer from, from the TV, from the TV shows, Cheers and Frasier. Okay. He's probably got more people calling him Frasier than he does Kelsey over the years. But his best work was Down Periscope. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while, but oh. I remember enjoying it. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> That's his best work. Okay. When I woke up this morning, I never thought, okay, <laughs> that I, I, I would be talking about down Periscope. I didn't think we'd be talking about Casey Grammer. I think yeah, the I, best part of this show is that no matter what you wake up and think in the morning, we're not going to do it. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be something entirely new. No, no, for sure, for sure. Do you guys have something that you want to uh, kind of throw out there, a memory? I I have a memory, and I was hoping to have another one this year. So this is episode 666, and I can't remember when Rock was soliciting um, us to, like, I, I can't remember if it was, like, 500 or 400 or what it was. And, you know, I remember sending in a picture of like, like all my metal zones and my heavy metal pedals and all that sort of stuff um, for one of the milestone episodes. And, you know, my dream for this one, Snowy, after joining the show, is that we would do this face to face. Right. Like, like that, that, that's, that's where, you know, before the word world went to hell in a handbasket, like that was my dream. And I mean, you know, Rock, we had talked probably since 2011. Um, over the internet, and then I finally met you face to face with Corrine in 2017. You know, yeah. and and that's mm. like one of, one of my highlights was finally getting to like you know meet you face to face, hang out. I'm like, damn! And I remember getting going going home and like you know and like I feel I feel this way about both you guys, but I tell my wife all the time like, you know, I have these great friends over the internet that live nowhere fucking near me. Like I uh-huh. wish these people live closer so I could actually go <laughs> hang out with people, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember when I first saw you when you were walking up to us, I was like, "Damn, he's tall." <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you don't sound tall. I don't. I definitely sound short, and like a woman, and, according to everybody who uh, talks to me on the phone. And, and you don't you don't look like your voice, like you okay, like I. I was I heard your voice for a long time before actually seeing a picture of you, and when I saw the picture, and it's like, because like some sometimes people look like their voices, like yeah. you can hear someone's voice, you can imagine them in your head, and their ballpark. I look oh, way sorry, better dude. than my voice. You, <laughs> you, you look you look nothing like your voice, and I'm sure. I'm sure, like, because for the longest time, and I remember, Rock, you, you, you were always like, I, I'm convinced there are no pictures of Snowy in this world, <laughs> <laughs> and all that, because I'm just, I'm just not one for selfies, and at that moment, yeah, you know, there just weren't a lot of pictures taken of me because I wasn't the most social guy I, and all that. I remember one year for Christmas. Oh God. <sighs> What was the name of the website? Is it Jibber Jabber or Jib Jab? Jib Jab. Yeah. Could, you could take pictures and you would put them in there and animate, and then they, they, they'd be songs, and then the, the, the talking heads would, you know, they would animate the, 
the talking heads and stuff. And there was one year where I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, let me do this something for a radioactive metal just, you know, to to put on the on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> and Snowy, I bugged your wife for like two weeks to get a picture of you. <laughs> and she was trying and she was sending me pictures. I was like, no, that, that's not going to work. It was either you're, you were like sideways or, you know, it was... And finally, she sent me one. I was like, okay, I guess this will this will work. <laughs> so, and in the video, I think I think it was all four of us with well, all three of us with Kareen, I believe that I, I did. Right. And uh, man, it took so long to get that freaking picture. Oh no, doubt. Well, you no, couldn't no. violate now, witness protection rules either. You know. Well, that's that's it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once actually, the last couple of years leading up to like the the whole coronavirus hitting and all that when i had met the young lady that would eventually would go on to replace kareen on the show sky mm-hmm. okay like she was working bulldogs yeah like you know and the bulldog event center and all that and i just started hanging out with her more and more as we became friends going to house parties and all that when you start going to these parties and these house shows and all that people start taking pictures yeah you know and there are pictures of me now because i was tagged on um people's facebook and all that there if you if you go on to my personal facebook and all that there is actually pictures of me on it at these shows and at these house parties i'll never forget um meeting sky the first time okay i was at i was just outside of the park theater and I, I didn't know her personally, but I knew she was she was the tar bender at Bulldogs at the Bulldog Event Center. She's the one that set me up with all my beer and all that when I would go to a show. She was the bartender. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't remember what show it was. It was a metal show, and I was out just outside talking and hanging out in front of the building of the theater, and this girl comes up to me and she's with a mutual friend okay that i know i know the friend but i really didn't know sky at the time i think Sky. no i know i know sky was half in the bag at the (laughs) time because she she came up to me and she said i just took a whole bunch of pictures of you okay and you were really great and you were this and you were that that and all that and i can tell this girl's hammered because she thinks that i was the singer that just stepped off the stage (laughs) just and i just kind of um no sorry um that wasn't me no no, sorry but we you know and we had a little chat and then they went about their business the next night Okay, that was a Thursday night, that metal show at, at at the Park Theater. The next night, I was at Bulldogs for a punk show. And I went up and I ordered my beer and all that. And she gave me the beer. And I could tell just by the way she was looking at me. <laughs> she was trying to figure out where she knew me from. <laughs> And meanwhile, I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to say anything, but I've got it in the back of my head is, yeah, you're trying to figure out who I am. Yeah, I was the guy last night you thought was the singer. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) So, and then shortly after that, I discovered that she was doing 
that like when they would book bands for their venue for the Bulldogs venue and all that for practice. And I don't know what else she wanted to do these interviews for, but she was doing her own interviews with all of these bands. And I thought, hey, we need we need a co-hostess now. Let's see what she's got. So I messenger her. We got to know one another and we brought her on. And for a while there, like she really contributed a lot of really cool stuff to the show air. And I'll never forget the time because she used to she used to record with us while she was at work. Oh yeah, while she was like, in the kitchen. While she was in the, while she was while she was in the kitchen and you could hear the water running and her cutting things and her cooking and all that. The and fire I really going. <laughs> because it it added the authenticity to it and all that. And I'll never forget the time we were in the middle of a conversation the three of us on the air recording and she stops and goes Oh, there's a fight. Yes. A fight out in the restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Like, yes. That the I, fight I that broke out while we were recording. <laughs> the fight yeah. broke out like on the air. So she's like, okay, guys, I'll be right back. Yeah. So, yeah she had to go break it up. so matter of factly. And meanwhile, you and I were freaking out. I we're know, like, like, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, like, I hope she's all right. But 10 minutes later, she comes back on. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> That's it? That's all you're going to say? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was this fight. We had to break it up. The cops called. They dragged one of them off. Oh, my God. And all that. And this is this was all, quote, unquote, live. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and I left it all in the show. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, wow. Oh. Well, uh you know, speaking of, of meeting co-hosts, when I first met Kareem, that was kind of, of a weird situation also. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was at the Carcass show, uh, and I was doing pictures. And, you know, I'm doing pictures. I think I was doing pictures for uh, Black Dahlia Murder was opening, I believe, that show. And that's that's the day, I, that, that's the night also I interviewed uh, Luke LeMay of Gorguts. Right. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, and we had a, a bonding moment because we're both from the same town. So mm-hmm. it's a small town in Quebec. But anyway. So I was taking pictures and stuff, and I think it was just before Carcass. I'm kind of, you know, milling around and stuff. And then this girl walks up, but did these two girls walk up to me? And one girl, that, you know, says, Hey, she said, uh, how, did, how, how do you, how did you get permission to take pictures? I'm like, Oh uh, well, I I'm on, I do a podcast and stuff, and I asked for permission. I sent out emails and stuff. She said, "Oh, so that's something I would love to do and stuff." So we're kind of chatting and stuff, and uh, then and it was uh, God, I think her name was Shannon, but Corrine was with her, and Corrine's kind of you know jumping into and Corrine at that point was doing a blog, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah, yes. Metal Chicks Metal, Rock, Metal I think. Metal Chicks Rock, yeah. Metal Chicks Rock. So and Corrine was like, "Oh yeah, well I I do a blog and stuff," and she gave me her business card. And, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out and stuff. And uh, I, I think at the time I had my business cards too, so I gave her one of mine. And I uh, said, so, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll talk at some point, you know. And then they they went on and did their thing. I, I took pictures of carcass, and I think it was a few days later I checked out her blog. I was like, okay, she she knows her stuff, you know. So I think I friended her on Facebook or something. And then you know, it's kind of feeling her out, say, hey, you know, if we because you uh, Liz had left at that point uh, the the podcast. Right. So when we were 
we were kind of looking for a, a female co-host at that point, but we weren't we weren't in a hurry, you know. Right. And uh, so then I was like, okay, let me feel her out, you know, and stuff. And then I said, say, hey, uh, let's let's do. A, you have a minute to talk on Skype and stuff because I wanted to talk to her about the podcast. And I, you know, we talked and stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, she knows her shit. <laughs> so, so then I think I, I approached you with it, and then you, we 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 had her on for one episode as like as a as a tryout, and then after that she she did a bunch with us. You know, so right, right, yeah. I mean, she 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 was on. Yeah, the key for me bringing co-hosts on is like, okay, what what do they bring to the table? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth had her show. Rock, you had your show. Kareem did the blog. Aaron, you were doing Iron City Rocks and Signal the Noise as well. Like everyone was doing something. So when you introduced me to Kareem and said, okay, she does this. Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's have her on as a guest Mm -hmm. and we'll go from there. And it worked out. And it worked out. She was a a, a valuable guest, a, a, a valuable host. I don't know for how many years. I want to say maybe five. Yeah, just about. Yeah. And Kareem yeah. was there for the infamous uh, rock fanboy incident with uh, Tom Hunting. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which... Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Please share because we spoke about Tom Hunting on our alumni week yeah. a couple ep- ep- episodes ago. Please share that rock. Yeah, and he's battling cancer right now. I think he just had surgery and stuff. And, and I, they, he they is cancer free. He's cancer free yeah, now. He's yeah. cancer free. That, that's uh, the update from um, Gary Holt's Instagram just the other day. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, no, Tom Tom Hunting is one of my all-time favorite drummers. I've always loved his stuff. I mean, he's just amazing. And uh, so uh, Exodus was touring with Suicidal Tendencies and Slayer. Oh, so uh, <laughs> how's that bill? Wow. Yeah, that was a great night. So that was at the Hard Rock Cafe in Orlando uh, at uh, Universal City Walk. And uh, so I had arranged the interview with uh, with with. Well, I, I, I didn't you know. No, I didn't know. They told me it was going to be with Tom Hunting. So they. uh we arranged for a time and all that. Uh, Kareem meets me there in the parking lot. We we, we go there and uh, I start texting back and forth with with Tom uh, directly. And uh, which this is a cool thing, dude. If you would see could see the contacts I have in my phone, I still have them. I have some amazing people on here. <laughs> and yeah, I'm never gonna call like Henry Rollins. I have his number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna call him. <laughs> right. So yeah, so I'm texting with with Tom and stuff. So he said, okay, you know, come on and meet us. So. Uh, road manager comes and meets us at the door and we, we walk in like backstage at the, at the hard rock. And that is a huge backstage. That place is, whoa, it's big. So we're walking in, he brings us to, to, to the back and then where the trucks are loading, are loading out and stuff. We see these giant crosses for the Slayer stage set. Wow. <laughs> these guys are walking these giant crosses to the stage and stuff. And there's a, there's a couple of, of uh, drum risers. And on one of them is Tom Hunting. He's playing. He's warming up. He's, you know, he's playing around. And we're like, me and Karina were like, whoa. You know, we had our own little drum solo, you know. So uh, so the, the, the road manager kind of, you know, waves at him. And he looks up. Says, oh, okay. So he gets up and says, hey, guys, how's it going? You know, he comes down and shakes our hands. Says, uh, and uh, he asks the road manager, says, well, so where are we going to do this? We said, well, let's just go to the dressing room. I'm like, okay. So 
unbeknownst to me, there's a basement in at the Hard Rock, and there's no basements in Florida. Because <laughs> 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 there's like you dig about ten feet and then you hit water. <laughs> so, ah, but right. the uh, the Hard Rock is elevated, so that's why they have ah. like a, a basement, quote unquote. So we had to take an elevator, and we're we're in the elevator. It's it's the row manager, Tom, me, and Kareem. So, you know, so Tom said, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, well, I mean, we're talking about the weather because it was really hot that day. So we get we get to, to the, 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 the basement. The doors open and, you know, it's really nice. You know, it's, it's the Hard Rock Cafe, you know. And first thing we smell is all this Italian food, you know. So uh, we're like, oh, Corinne's like, oh my God, it smells so good. And then Tom, we're, as we're walking towards the dressing room, we had to walk in front of the, the, that big room where they had all the catering. And Tom's like, yeah, sadly, that's not for us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Slayer's catering. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and uh, so so we get to the, uh, the this this little dressing room, and uh, so the he says he just he goes hold on. So he he knocks, he opens the door, says, oh, he says, uh, oh, what's the name of the bass player? Um, yeah, his last name's Gibson, I think. Anyway, uh, the guy with the really curly hair and the nice mustache. So he's like, oh, he's in there. He's changing. He'll be right out, and then we can go in there. So the guy comes out, you know, and then we're we're, we're chatting with you know with Tom, you know, and then say a couple of words to the bass player, and then so then we go inside this tiny tiny dressing room, and there's there's a loaf of bread on the table. There's uh, some uh, cold cuts. He says, yeah, that's our catering. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So then we sit down. And there's a little, little couch there and then a couple of chairs. And, and Kareem sits next to me and, and Tom sits across from us. I got so nervous. I don't know why. My voice started shaking. And mm-hmm. you can kind of hear it in the interview. And I was talking so fast that the interview, you know, lasted maybe, you know, seven or eight minutes because I was talking so fast, you know. Uh-huh. And, and and after we got done, we said goodbye and say, hey, have a nice show and stuff. As we're we, we get back into the elevator to go up, and she's like, dude, what was going on with you? I'm like, I know, I know. I was starstruck. I'm sorry. <laughs> this never happens. Because <laughs> I always pride myself in being professional, you know? Right. And, you know, and, and that, that was one of my fanboy moments. You know, I, I had very few of those when uh, when doing interviews. But, man, and to this day, she still brings it up. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's, yeah, that's going to be something that you two will have forever. Yeah, yeah, dude, and, I wasn't that nervous to talk talking to Venom. You know, I wasn't that nervous. Right? Oh, I would have just been uh, because yeah. Venom yeah, was the band really that cool. got me into into metal. Well, yeah, that's true. It was Venom Inc., but it was I was talking to Abaddon and uh, and Mantis. You know? Uh huh. Yeah, that was one of the <laughs> few times I asked for an autograph. I had them uh-huh. on my CDs. So that's another thing. I never took selfies. I never asked for autographs. Right. Times have I done that? I took one selfie with Flotsam and Jetsam in their bus. Mm-hmm. I had the whole band, which that was cool. But the uh, Venom, I, I just had them sign my my CDs. And then Gruesome, I had them sign my I have the vinyl of the first album, and they all right. signed for for me. Well, right that, those on, are the only right. I've ever asked for. Cool. Well, yeah, because you're not like believe it or not, and we we might not necessarily think of this, but at that moment, you're not a fan. You yeah. are. You are their peers. They don't want to talk to a fan. They want to talk to their peers. Yeah, and we're, you know, ju- we're doing just a the job. Fact, that's right. That's right. And just just the fact that like I'm at I'm at that moment where I'm 
interviewing a band that I was a huge fan of when I was 16, okay? And he now sees me not as a fan, but as a peer. Like, how do you not mark out for that? But you kind of got to keep your shit together. Yeah. yeah. And all that. Even even behind the scenes in our PR department, there's, there's a person that I was a, a huge fan of. And I'm not going to mention any names or anything because it's behind the scenes and all that. But when I got a letter from an email from this person, hey, I'm in this PR, okay, and we want some of our artists to start appearing on your show. Would you be available? Would you, you know, I want to start working with you. And I saw the name and I just. Uh... Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. What I you're totally know what you mean, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm like, and out of all of these legendary artists, okay, that we've spoken to over the years, she was someone that I was, uh, you know, a huge fan of that because she wasn't an actual musician, you wouldn't think, well, why are you so excited about talking or dealing with this person? Okay, because, like, what she does, I'm really into, and she was one of my favorites, okay, and all that, and just the fact that this person sees me as a peer and not just a fan is just, it's an amazing feeling. Have and, you guys ever had a, a moment like doing an interview where you ask a question and then the, the, your subject says, Oh wow, that's a really good question. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I, it made me feel so good because I was like, yes, I'm asking something that they haven't been asked a million times. That's my, right. My best example is Trevor Sternad of uh, Black Dahlia Murder. A lot of people don't know that he quit the band for a few months. And I asked him questions about when he quit. And he's like, dude, I haven't talked about this in 15 years. <laughs> it's like nobody brings this shit up. And I was like, well, uh -huh. hey, that's what radioactive metal does. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but that we made me like feel challenge so good. Our subjects. Yeah. And that's made me feel so good that that. that he acknowledged it. And he's like, man, this is a really good question, you know. So yes, yeah, I do. I do hear that. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head right now, but I have heard that where they've gone like, holy shit, no one has ever asked me that before. You know, where did where did you hear that? And I'm just like, <laughs> well, I'm doing my research. <laughs> like Corinne's Corinne's favorite question for a little while. Do you remember what it was and where the, we would get mixed reactions for? Boxes or briefs. Boxers are briefs. Boxers are briefs. That's right. <laughs> and because uh, Glenn Benton pull it out of nowhere. Yeah, Glenn Benton uh, goes commando apparently. <laughs> well, and she'd know that it's yeah. her. It's her husband. Yeah, yeah that was the first course. time she asked that question. I'm like, because that was the very last. Because she said, "Okay, I got a question." She told me this in the past. I got a question. I'm going to ask it. I'm, the very last thing, because I don't want to derail the interview, so I'll I'll ask it last. And hopefully we get a good reaction. I'm like, okay. Because, you know, the AI was like considered like a demon, like the hell spawn, you know? She oh, yeah. Right. An important question for you. Boxers or briefs? <laughs> He's like, uh, uh commando. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, Kareen's also a very pretty girl. So that's going to throw a lot of dudes off anyway. You yes. know, because, because uh, f face it, like, you're not used to, to the pretty girl being the aggressor. And Kareen is just doesn't fit any mold. That's just why I just love her so oh, yeah. dearly uh -huh. because she's just yep. this bold, courageous, completely individual woman, 
you know, and just, yeah, like, like the boxer breathing is like, yeah, you go, Kareem, you get him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she was a really good sport with us over the years. Just some of the, like the Valentine's Day Massacre episodes when things, the conversations would get kind of risque and all well, that. Disciple she, Magazine. She, 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 uh, oh, and Disciple Magazine. Yes, She's the Rock. whole reason I, we I even have that. Heard this. Yes. To this day, Rock, uh-huh. Disciple is still a thing on this show. <laughs> like you remember how that came about, right? Well, yeah, because that's how, that's how she called it. That's that's how she pronounced it. And then yeah. my good buddy Ducky, about a week later, called it Disciple as well. And I'm like, what is is this a generational thing that no one this age can pronounce the word decibel? Like, yeah, but Snowy, like, like you're one to talk about pronunciation ever, dude. Oh, I know. I shouldn't be throwing shade <laughs> at anyone. Well, it's <laughs> like a, it's like nu- nuclear blast or nuclear blast. Yeah. Oh is yeah. Nuclear is it? Yeah, is it nuclear or is it nuclear? Is it, is yeah. it this? Yeah. Uh, oh, we're going off the rails here, man. Well, hey, <laughs> there, we there is, there is no platform. There is no rail here. We're just, we're just kind of doing a little bit of everything. It's really cool, though. Okay, when you do, kind of get. I don't want to say the rock star treatment, but when, you know, the manager says, "Yeah, come on the bus." Yeah. Or, yeah. or come on backstage, and you're in a venue where if you weren't doing this, there's no way that you would have been backstage or interacting with these people. I'll never forget the rock star treatment I was given when um, Canadian Hard Rockers Gatto came through town. Oh yeah, oh, dude. That story. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was just kind of. It was kind of a whim. Like I, I remember Gatto from when I from when I was a kid, but I really wasn't that much of a fan at that time. I had to do a lot of research and all that, but I just we were in with his PR, who was also a drummer of a very prominent Canadian hard rock band as well. Just dealing with that individual, I was marking out and all that. But once again, you know, you kind of gotta play it, you know professional and all that well the best part about that is you guys interview them at the uh fabled war music shop 91 albert street one in winnipeg and um www.waronmusic.com that's great that's right i had caught up with them i interviewed greg greg godowitz um they were actually filming a um a documentary about the band, which I don't think ever came out. And their cameraman said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to film you interviewing Greg. Is that okay? Uh, <laughs> what a stupid question <laughs> that don't, is. Don't show my face. <laughs> like, like, they're saying, like, do you want to be on this documentary? Well, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I remember interviewing greg and all that and then afterwards you know we were just shoot shooting the shit talking about what he does and what i do and i mentioned the war on music shop and he's like oh you're involved in an independent record store and all that yeah like this, this would be really cool can we bring the camera down tomorrow and check check out your shop and make it part of the documentary and all that and i'm like uh yeah 
<laughs> like, so I can't believe all these here. stupid questions. <laughs> and I remember they brought actor Chris Potter That's as right. well. Yes. Chris, he was... Um, he was in town with Greg because he was he was a fan of 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 Gatto, and he was a really big mainstream actor here in Canada with the TV show Heartland, yeah. and all that. And you know, I, when I right after I was done the original interview, he introduced me to Mr. Potter and all that. Found out he's a big rock rock fan as well, and all that. Obviously, being friends with 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 Greg, and all that. Mr. Potter joined the camp, Greg and the camera crew to come check out the War on Music record shop. And I said to Chris, hey, if you got a couple minutes, I would love to have you on the show as well. And speaking to this big name actor, at least in Canada, in my record shop was just, it was a surreal moment. Oh, dude, yeah. That's just so amazing. Dude, yeah. okay. So I, I, got, I, got to, I got to jump in here. I remember you were telling me about this. I'm like, okay, okay, good, good. So I and I was doing the graphics for the the episodes at that at that point. And I remember saying, okay, well, let me try to find a picture of him. I could not find a picture that resembled anything of a guy who listened to rock. <laughs> not, not at all. No. Not at all. It was all like all. shots, you know, headshots. I was like, what the hell am I gonna use? I gotta well, make who, some who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I I wind up using like a, a a posed picture you know whatever and I was like oh my god this is probably the worst artwork I've done so <laughs> for the <this> show <laughs> but it was a great chat and he was a great guy to hang out with and all that because later on that afternoon right after filming at the record shop they had to get back to the venue because the Gatto show was later that night. Hey, Snowy, you're coming to the show tonight, right? Well, yeah, th throw me on the guest list. Okay, afterwards, you have to come back stage with us to the green room and have a couple of drinks and hang out and all that. I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure I could. Uh, let's see if I can fit that into my schedule. <laughs> so I showed up nice and early and hung out before, you know, before the, before the show started. Okay, and I remember being introduced to a friend of Mr. Godowitz. Her name was Virginia. And as he was introducing me to her, he informed me just through the casual conversation as we all got to get to know each other. She was a dancer in Toronto and the Jennifer Beals character from Flashdance, the movie Flashdance. You guys remember that? Oh, movie? yeah. She was the inspiration for that character. Oh wow! Oh wow! And I was I kind of like, that. you don't remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, okay, this is really cool because I remember having as a kid, before going metal full time, I saw Flashdance in the theater and I had the soundtrack and and all that. Well, this is this is kind of cool. Well, we all we all have you know we're 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 having a couple drinks and they have this spread in the in the in the green room of fruits vegetables you know whatever cold cuts and then on another table it's all beer and wine and just go nuts snowy whatever you want okay because it's the venue that's flying this mm -hmm. and all that i'm thinking okay this is really cool and all that so we kind of hang out with the band and 
some of his friends and all that. As the show's about to start, though, you know, they say you guys might want to head out, you know, to um, into the viewing area while we get prepared to go on stage and all that. Okay, fine. Okay, so now I'm with Virginia. I'm with Virginia's friend. I have these hot girls buying me drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then while while we're having a couple of drinks, the music is playing. the The dance floor in front of the stage opens up. Virginia asked me to dance. Oh, like, oh, I'm not much of a dancer and all that, but okay, sure. Because like, I'm I'm a firm believer that if you don't know how to dance, do it. If you don't know how to sing karaoke, and you let everyone see it, and you go for it, okay. So I went out on the dance floor with her and it was a fast number. I'm, you know, I'm very poorly dancing and all that. And I had to stop and say, dude, think about what you're doing right now. <laughs> you are dancing with the inspiration for fucking flash dance. <laughs> Holy jeez. That's when that whole night really hit me. Yeah, you can't be that. You know, because I'm I'm just on overdrive because I'm doing my job. And you're thinking, what a feeling. I was definitely thinking, what a feeling. Yes, our, <laughs> our older listeners will get that joke. And then once, <laughs> once, once Scotto was done, we all piled back, back in the green room. And for the rest of the night, it was about five in the morning when we finally, okay, I think we'd better... Uh, I think we better call in a night. And I called a cab and made sure that Virginia got home because she was living here in Winnipeg. And dancing and... for her life. <laughs> That's right. One of one of the guests backstage in the green room was uh, an old substitute teacher of mine in high school, Mr. P.J. Burton. He was the vocalist for the band Chocolate Bunnies from Hell. Okay. <laughs> And he was a sub while being in the band and everyone knew what he did, you know, on the weekends and all that. Well, I'm being introduced to Mr. Burton here. There it is, Mr. Burton. That's what I called him in high school. Okay. <laughs> I was being introduced to PJ by Greg and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I know this guy. You know, and I reintroduced myself and you might not remember me because you had 800 million students. But, you know, I was one of your students at Sisler High School and that's cool. I, I, yeah, I saw you, you know, playing at the zoo a lot and all that, which which was a club back then. And, all that. and we got re, re, reacquainted and I just it, it doesn't change all night. It was Mr. Burton. It was yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you you have that respect, you know. Even sir, though, can, I, can I go to the restroom, sir? Can, can I go to the bathroom, sir? <laughs> yeah, raise my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a, a night that I'll never forget, though. The, 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 really, the one night I got the rock star treatment. Oh, and then I've got it. <laughs> I could have had a slice of bread of Exodus's bread if I wanted to. I'm sure. Okay, aren't you kicking yourself now? <laughs> you should have. Yeah, but it was wheat. It was wheat bread. Ugh. Still, uh, okay, yeah, but Exodus's bread. It. It's Exodus's bread. You cut a piece and then and 
you put it in your pocket. Oh, that was really good, Tom. Thanks. That you could really literally fun. say you broke bread with Exodus. <laughs> broke. Can, you, can you sign it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Before we get into some tunes here earlier in this conversation, which has been going on for a while now, I'm loving it. You mentioned Gruesome. And, of course, that is one of the many bands that Mr. Matt Harvey is in. And we've had Mr. Harvey on the show many times for his band Exhumed, for Pounder, for Gruesome. And it's just got to the point where he's just a member of the Radioactive Metal family. Yeah, he's a show regular. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I can't wait to get him on. Like, I would get him on next week, even if there was no new album from anything, just to sit and talk about, you know, how the paint dried or something. <laughs> like, he's he's just... And he, he would make it interesting as, as well. So we've had him on a number of times. We've also had Mr. Corey Thomas on this show a number of times a really cool drummer here in the winnipeg area but he's been in a number of cool bands cool grindcore bands like putrescence and Flashout, who have actually toured the u.s have gone overseas to play festivals put out records on to live a lie albums records and all that. And Mr. Thomas is kind of the boss here in Winnipeg because he's the main man behind Ninja Cat Productions. He brings in all of these awesome bands that if he didn't bring them in, we never would have had them on the show. So we've had a number of interviews with Mr. Thomas as well. And an ongoing gag, I guess you would call it, for radioactive metal is who's been on the show more times, Mr. Harvey or Mr. Thomas. And if for years, it's always been neck and neck. It's always, we'd, we'd, we'd have Matt on, then we'd have Corey on, Matt on, Corey on, Corey on. Well, Matt would have to come on to catch up or whatever. And while I don't have an exact tally, I think the interview Earlier this year, when we had Mr. Harvey on talking about the new Pounder record, he's one up. He's one up on Mr. Thomas. <laughs> so, so we definitely have to have Corey on just to kind of even things out and to keep this gag going. So let's uh, get into some tunes from these individuals who really played such an important part of radioactive metal over the last 666 episodes. How about something from the Exhumed Live album, The Ultimate Death Revenge. This is All Guts, No Glory. All right, here's how it goes, okay? I say go on, you say metal. Real easy, right? Let's try. Door! 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 That was fucking awesome, man. We better play some more songs, yeah?
one of many of the projects that Mr. Corey Thomas had bashed the skins for. That is Flash Out, the title track from their latest EP, Death Dealer. And then before that, probably the band that put him on the map, Canadian Grinders Putrescence with Blowtorched to Conceal identity that's one of the things about putrescence some of those fucking song titles that these guys came up with it's like wow (laughs) holy shit but that's always what made them really interesting and um it's just all, all of his bands and then him mr thomas for what he does he always made for a really cool interview as well as everything mr harvey did as well so i'm really looking forward to having those gentlemen on once again well i think it's just about time to bring this crazy train into the station i still have a metric shit ton and a bunch of songs that i still want to do but uh, we can't do this all night we of course want to thank rock for uh taking time out and coming back and helping us celebrate like hell yeah man you know only a metal podcast okay maybe maybe a horror film podcast maybe would think that episode 666 would be something to commemorate (laughs) and (laughs) something to celebrate so once again thank you so much snowy for many years you and me you know when we were discussing stuff for the show uh, you know, we 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 did think, hey, we need to do something for six six six. But at the time, we were at like, ish, you know, episode four hundred or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, it's far down the road. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And then when I saw you guys were get, getting ready to do six six six, I'm like, oh my god, I got I got to be on this. Uh huh. Uh And I can't believe it's here. Yes. You know, like it 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 just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it, it's been fifteen years. You know, so, ah, yeah, I, now we kind of have to think of a way like this, this October coming up will officially be 15 years. And I got to think of a way we're going to commemorate that. So once again, Mr. Rock, thank you for not only tonight, but those eight years that you gave to the show, like without you, you know, the show wouldn't be what it is. And it probably wouldn't um exist the last song that you requested i know you all throughout your time on the show you were a huge cathedral fan oh yeah 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 so you thought so you said "Hey, let's uh maybe we could go out with a live version of enter the worms from their anniversary live album and i'm like okay that's great i remember when lee dorian had just left Napalm Death and formed Cathedral. And I was starting to do episode two of my black and white Xerox fanzine from way back in the day and all that. And I actually exchanged letters with Mr. Dorian and I had a pen and paper interview with him ready to go which never really saw the light of day uh, i had one with chuck schillender of death as well uh, 
you, you, uh, you got to do more with uh, Lee Dorian than I ever have. I tried many times to get him on the on the podcast, and I was never, just, never even got back to me ever. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well this this was when he was barely out of his teens. Yeah, and all that. So it was it was a very different Lee Dorian. Well, we're going to thank you. For for all of your hard work on this show by going out on that cathedral track. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a 666, the number of the beast episode of Radioactive Metal. Oh, yeah, we get to do this with Rock again. That's what I was going to say. We're going to do it old school. Okay. Am I going second or what? Yes, you'll go second. Uh, Yes. Yes, because it was always me, yourself, and then Aaron. So uh, I'm Snowy White. This is Rock. And this is Aaron. Signing off.
Thank you very fucking much. Cheers. <laughs>